You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. All right. I got three points in 27 minutes. In Jesus' name, we got this. The title of my message today is The Send-Off. The definition of a send-off is a demonstration of goodwill or enthusiasm for the beginning of a new venture. It's an actual celebration. It's an actual moment where you realize somebody's about to go and do something. Venture translates to going out and doing something that has risk, chance, and danger. Okay, an adventure has an ad to it that is fun. But just a venture means you're going somewhere and there's risk, there's a challenge, and there's danger. And isn't that like life? I mean, it doesn't matter. The Bible promises God's with us and he fights for us, but it doesn't promise easy. Easy In fact, in a lot of ways, being a Christian, you got to step into things that will be easier to just ignore. Bible doesn't give me the privilege to ignore. Bible doesn't give me the privilege to allow my dysfunctions to continue. It it begins to work within me and say, hey, I know this might hurt a little, but let's fix this. Let's correct this because it's sabotaging your life. And so I think every Sunday should feel like a send-off. Because tomorrow you're going to go on your venture. Tomorrow you're going to go into the world. Tomorrow we, you might get some news that's frustrating or throws you off course or, or you might have to course correct or, you know, life is going to come at us tomorrow. And so this should be an enthusiastic, encouraging, say, hey, let's remind you who you are, whose you are, and what the power you have behind you. Okay, I, I mean, if you're new to our church and maybe you're not used to quote unquote, a spirit filled church where we just believe that acts is real and it's still happening. Maybe you grew up like me in a religious background where you were told the gifts were for them, but not now that just, can I just, I'm gonna rant for a minute. Jesus said, when John the Baptist came, he said, up until now, there's been no prophet greater than him. But in this new covenant, this new kingdom, the least of who gets me is greater than him. So God did miracles in the Old Testament through random people, random power. Elijah did a lot of miracles, right? Elisha. There were miracles in the Old Testament. Why in the heck in the new covenant that's better in every way and fulfills all of God's promises, why would he just go, no more power, guys, no more miracles? It doesn't theologically make sense. So, and I'm saying this for love. I'm saying this for love. Test the fruit. Test the fruit. God still moves. We say, well, I prayed one time for a miracle. It didn't happen. Okay, so have I. But, you know, I've also prayed a lot of other times, and it did happen. I've seen a lot of miracles. This last year, I've seen crazy things. We've seen cancer disappear in multiple people. We've seen uh, people on the ventilator on their deathbed get up from the, you know, near death. We have seen miracles. We have seen people get houses that said they will never own a house because of situations. We have seen God show up again and again for people, you know, and God doesn't give me permission to change my theology based off of my experience. My goal is to always try to elevate my experience to the place of what the Bible says is possible. I'm in a constant... There's mysteries. There's things that happen that I pray for I don't understand. I, I think I know God's going to do something, but, but I don't get to change. Cha- I, I, have to ele- I have to reach for this. All right, I'm done with that rant. So, but if you need, if you, if you, 
if this, some of this is new or confusing, like just know we got pastors here. I'm happy. I want to talk to you. Because when you understand that Jesus didn't just die for fire insurance for you, but he died to give you life and life abundantly. He died to give you a purpose and set you on the right course and use you in a divine way. It changes everything. So it's send off Sunday. For 106 men, they're not going to be the same people they were next Sunday. Honestly, I just know it. There's, there's such a power there. There's going to be transformed lives. But, but anyone, you get one drop from heaven, God can begin to shift and change everything. So today is a prophetic declaration. I, I felt like God said to my wife first, because she hears Holy Spirit really good. But I, was, I definitely was like, yeah, I agree. Amen. That today is a send-off. Meaning that you're going you're gonna to wake up tomorrow with the same kids you had, hopefully, and... <laughs> Next to the same person you went to bed with the night before if you're married, hopefully, right? And, and go to the same job, probably. But you could be a different person tomorrow. God wants to send you off to a new venture. The scripture I'm going to read, and uh, guys, I'm going to jump a little bit because it's just a disaster when I try to read 20 verses. Um, but Ephesians 4, I'm going to start at verse 10. He who descended, we're talking about Jesus, came down to earth, descended, is also the one who ascended, resurrected far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. I'm going to pause there. The point of the church is Jesus came, died on the cross, took all our sin, all our shame, all our guilt, gave us access to come into relationship with the Father again. But then he rose up and it says that he he was telling the apostles, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave you my power. Because I want to fill everything. The church is still in the business of filling everything. We're called to change and shape culture. Not to sit back and rebuke culture. We are called. God wants his kids in the marketplace. God wants his kids in Hollywood. God wants his kids um, on every street corner. He wants his kids in every sphere of influence. He wants his kids to be professional athletes. He wants his kids to shape culture. And whenever the church, whenever the church forgets that it's called to shape culture and begins to try to be a little too seeker friendly and says, tries to not offend culture, we lose our power. We lose our potency. I'm not saying be a jerk and, you know, get a sign out on the street says you're going to burn or this. That's stupid. It's truth and love. It's truth and love. But we are called to bring the truth. We are called to develop a relationship where we have enough equity with people. We can say, I hate this thing because it's sabotaging you. And we have to be willing to say it. God wants to fill every sphere. Okay, now I'm going to jump down to verse 21, guys. All right, awesome. If indeed you have heard him, talking about Jesus, and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Keep going. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man. Somebody say old man. man. Which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Next one. And that you put on the new man. Say new new man. Which is created according to God in the true righteousness and holiness. Old man, new man. The send-off 
is going on the venture of saying, I'm the new creation. See, when we meet Jesus, thank you. Yeah, a couple people. That was a good point. Uh, When we meet Jesus and we ask him into our heart, it's not just a like, oh, I feel good. You know, he doesn't just come and give you like a little scrub down. Like, oh, you got kind of got dirty out there in the world. Probably shouldn't go to the bar last night. But, you know, it's not just that. He does clean us whiter than snow. But from the inside out, he creates a new nature. There's a new person in there. And God is, is calling you out because he's made the new man, but sometimes we're still wearing the grave clothes. Sometimes we haven't made the full transition because although we're new in spirit, you'll find that when you meet Jesus, I remember when I was six years old in vacation Bible school, okay, for the old school OG Christians, okay, I was at VK, VBS, throwing down, you know what I'm talking about, Gabe Thielen, okay. And somehow this VBS instructor used a ladybug to lead me to Jesus. And I, this is the honest truth. And I, was, I didn't have really a full, I would say like as much as a six-year-old can understand that I need forgiveness, like because I stole a cookie or whatever, you know, like as much as I need it, I knew I wanted Jesus. So I prayed a prayer. Here's a crazy thing. Driving home, I just had to tell my mom everything I'd done wrong that I could remember. At six, I was like, mom, this one time I told you I didn't hit my sister, but I did. And then one time I stole a toy from our cousin's house. And I, mean, I was just like, it was the overflow. Something was changing in me at six. There's power in it. But we got to take off the old ways. And that's what the send off is. As, you, as we go into this venture and we're getting ready to go to merge as well. We're going there to, do, to go do a couple things. The first thing we're going to do, and the first thing I want us to begin to do, now that we understand we are a new creation in Christ, we've got to toughen up a little bit, get in the disciple sit ring, and learn how to capture things. Okay? We're, we're, we've got to learn how to capture the things of God. Because he, he partners with us. But to take, on, take the promises of God, there's a processing so that the promises don't sabotage you or don't bless you. Sometimes a blessing can be a curse if you're not the person ready to carry the blessing, right? An influence or an anointing can be a curse on you if you're not, if you're, let's use the example, if you, if you struggle with performance, that you need your identity. Ministry is a curse if any identity is found in people liking you. You become trapped by it. So you may have a ministry call, but, but we need to partner and learn how to capture certain things. Capture certain things so that the blessing isn't a curse and we can step into our full, and that's, that's not just ministry, that's anything. Wealth can be a curse. It can also be one of the most powerful weapons for the kingdom. Somebody's got to buy a church building. Somebody's got to build an orphanage. And if you're judging people for having the anointing to create wealth, I want to encourage you, who's going who's gonna to build the orphanage? Who's going to reach, who's going to send the missionaries money? Who's, we got to, anyways, I won't go there. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. We got to learn to capture. Joshua 1. Moses has passed away. It's time to go in the promised land. One generation didn't, couldn't break their old mindset. Couldn't learn to be ground takers, capturers. They thought like slaves. And so God said, you know, I freed you from slavery, but you can't step into the full promise. And so it's a new generation. Moses has passed and Joshua is going to be the guy. Joshua is the only one left and Caleb are the only ones left from that previous generation because they got it. 
Anyways, he says this. He's giving him instruction. Here's how you're going to go get the promised land. He says, uh, verse 8 here, guys. I'm going to start Joshua 1, verse 8. This book, Bible, of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written. Someone say it all. All. All of it. That is written in it. In it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Oh, that's a bad word. And then you will have good success. Joshua being all prosperity gospel. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's the foundational thing. If you want to be a capture of what God has, you have to believe that he's with you. You have to believe that he's for you. You have to believe that the blood of Jesus is big enough to cover your mistakes, to cover your sins, to wash you clean, and that he is actually for you. Okay? Once you get that, you can begin to create, I just going to, these are four things that we need to capture. We're in our family series right now, the future's family. Let me tell you this, talk to the men for a minute. If you guys can capture these four things for your family, you will set your kids up and set your wife up for such a beautiful legacy. These are four things that if as, as, as a man of the house, if you can grab and begin to foster, if you're going to emerge, I want you to begin to reach for those things, to believe that God can actually use you and, and you can get those things. And also just hit this for real quick, men and women, Jesus does not use your past to define you and does not use the parents you came from or the people that raised you or any of it to define you. You, you say, well, I, can't, I don't know if I can be a good dad because I didn't have a dad. Doesn't matter. God can fill the gap. God can fill the gap. So the first thing that we got to capture is assurance. We've got to establish in our household that, you know what, in this house, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. I told you, my boys, you know, they're, they're four and six. They want to play, or five and four, and they want to play with their friends or whatever, and then we'll be like, it's Sunday, and Sometimes they'll say, like, oh, do we have to go to church? And, and the, the answer is, Tuggles go to church. That's a, that's a assured thing. You know, my kids aren't going to see me on a Sunday and be like, you know, and I, you're like, well, yeah, you're the pastor. You have to preach. But this was before, okay? My parents, thank God, set that up. I remember one time when I thought I was high and mighty, I was a teenager, but I still lived under their roof, and I didn't show up to church. Oh, man. Oh, man. My dad came home and said, as long as you live in this house, you go to church. And you know what? That's okay. Parents, don't give your kids the choice. That's not, that's not freedom. That's not empowering your kids. Model it. Model it. But it's hard for you to not give them the choice if you're wishy-washy on it. So I'm um, just being nice. That's love and kindness. But let's, let's, let's have an assurance. Let's have an assurance because you know what? This is why. This, there's, there's, there's so much to this. Listen. My wife knows that I serve and know a God that will never leave me or forsake me. And because I get filled from a God that will never leave or forsake me, I'm not going to leave or forsake her. We get in a fight, and the, the, the D card is not coming out. Okay? Maybe she gets mad enough she throws at me. But I never know. Okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but, you know, there's an assurance in the house that we're committed to this thing. And listen... 
touchy subjects, I know. Like, just Jesus is in the moment right now. Wherever you're coming in the house of God, listen, this is not a condemnation. If you've had a failed marriage or whatever, let's let God step in the moment now. He is not into shaming you for the past. He's into setting you free, forgiving you, and setting you into your future, okay? So you gotta have an assurance. Identity. Identity. You gotta know whose you are and who is for you. Who's for you? God's for you. That changes a lot of perspective how you walk into things, and it changes the need to be liked by everyone. Now, don't get me wrong. You should be liked by someone. (laughs) If you're not, go to a connect group and begin to let people work it out of you and help point out like, hey, maybe you shouldn't, you know, yell at everyone all the time or, you know, maybe you shouldn't uh, unask for criticism is perceived as abuse. Like just like little tips like that. Like so, but, but bottom line is we need to have an identity that's not dependent on our performance or on what people think. I go to who, what, who's God say I'm? And that was a struggle for me. I'll be honest. That, that was like Matt Tuggle in high school, college, and even young 20s. I was saved, but man, I, I really needed everyone to like me, right? So I was the class clown and this and that. Just whatever it took, I was willing to sacrifice a lot of things just to be liked. And that was crushing. I'm just so thankful that I don't have to live there anymore. But I do like to be liked, so please try to like me. Be nice. <laughs> Be nice, okay? But I don't need you to. I love you guys. Okay, vision. Vision. Can we get a vision for our life to be impactful, to be fruitful, to be used? Look, I, w- I want to come back to this moment because when we're talking like truth about things, what the devil loves to do is immediately begin to disqualify. Oh, he talked about sticking with your wife, but you, you're coming out of a, in your pastor. He talked about this, and well, look at you. That's the devil. Jesus is the ultimate qualifier. That was the whole point. He said, none of you all can do this on your own, so I will be your justice. I will be your righteousness. You can't earn it. But as we get that, we understand that, we can begin to get a vision of being fruitful and impactful. Every single person in this building, you're here today because God is trying to pull you towards the purpose he made you for. If you're still breathing, he's not done. He's not done with you. But we've got to begin to let God give us a vision. That's why, you know, we, we, want, to, we want to always fill people with faith. And at, at men's and women's prayer, we, we prophesy over each other. We, get, we give words of encouragement. We, we're professional gold diggers. Not the bad kind, okay? We're professional gold diggers. We're willing to look past your dirt and see potential and see what God put in there that with a little bit of heat and a little bit of scrubbing and a little bit of speaking life over will begin to flourish. Perfect, Kellen. You're right on time. Finally, we gotta, we've got to capture some core values. I'm telling you, there needs to be some things, we talk about church, but there needs to be some things that are just non-negotiables. Non-negotiables in our world. I'm not going to get through all three, but I want to touch real quick on number two, and then we're going to pray. 
we need to be able to kill some things. We need to be able to partner with the Holy Spirit and say, whatever it takes, this thing dies with me. Because whatever issue, dysfunction, generational thing that we choose not to kill, we kick it down the can to future generations. And I'll tell you, it's best, the best time to do it, the best time to start doing it is today, right now. Like, well, I don't have kids, okay? Well, we don't know how long it's gonna take you and the Holy Spirit to get to the root issue. So why don't we begin now? You know, not be the person who's like, well, I'll, I'll do this Jesus thing once I'm out of my 20s. That never ends up good. You know, I, I talked about, but for some of us, it's just being willing to kill a sin, a thing that's out of line with God's word. Being willing to take that thing out. And listen, sometimes it, it's easy because you didn't even know it was a sin. And then you're like, oh, okay, cool. Boom, done. Sometimes it feels like watching Old Yeller. Sorry, I know, it's such a depressing movie. <laughs> and some of the young people are like, what is he talking about? <laughs> it's a movie where a dog gets rabies and the kid has to put down his dog. I know, I have a dog, it hurts. But the point is that is some things, especially if they're coping things, if they're generational things, it, it, even though it's sabotaging and setting us up for failure and limiting us, we're used to having it. But God, the Holy Spirit's beginning to say, and I, there's something on this for this. There's somebody in here, just know this, that God will partner with you. He'll do the heavy lifting, but you've got to acknowledge that this thing's a rabid dog and it's hurting me. It's hurting me. Could be a relationship. Could be a relationship that's not in line with God's, what God said is how it works. Could be self-medicating with something. And it's just being willing to take it out and say, God, here's how you kill it. Jesus, I need your help. I don't want this thing anymore. Please help me to walk away from it. And if you got to do that a couple times, that's a, God, Jesus is going to be with you. But he, rep, grace flows towards repentance. It always, grace is not just forgiveness. That's mercy. Grace is the ability to do something you can't do on your own. It's a grace. And grace always flows towards repentance. That's why just preaching the grace of Jesus without talking about the fact that, it, that it's there to free from sin, from missing the mark, from not living up to what God said, from not doing what he told us to do or doing, not doing what he told us to do or not doing, or doing what he told us not to do. There we go. And so it's just being willing, you know, men at Emerge, we do this thing, we put on these, burden boards. Okay, ladies, we're going to let you into a little secret. We tie a two by four to our back. And for most of the conference, we wear that thing. And it's not convenient. You're like, you'll forget you have it on. You'll start running and get a two by four in the face. <laughs> hey, can I get an amen from some men here? Yes. Okay. Or, you know, you're in the lunch line, you turn around because your friend says something, you knock like five or six people across the head with the two. You're getting hit by two by fours left and right. <laughs> but on those two by fours, are the things that we're going to throw in a fire pit at the end. They're the things that we're going to kill and that we're committing 
to however long it takes, whatever the process. I don't care. God could take it away in an instant. He's powerful, but he may need to process it out of me. I may need to go to counseling. I may need to, whatever it takes. I may need to join Awaken Recovery. Whatever it takes, I'm burning this thing today. It will not have a hold on me and I will not kick it down the can for future generations. Because if you can get the breakthrough... The Bible says that your legacy gets a thousand years of blessings because you fought the thing. So it could be generational curses. And by the way, Jesus said in um, Galatians 3.13 that he became the curse so that we didn't have to be overcome by curses. He became the curse. So it's just bringing it back to Jesus. Jesus, you took this. Continue to take it from me. Thank you. Maybe it's negative mindsets. You automatically disqualify yourself. You automatically put yourself at the bottom of the totem pole because you were told by someone that you don't matter, that your voice is important. Maybe you always, you don't want to be rejected, so you make sure that if there's even a whiff or a possibility that you might get rejected, you, I quit. I'll walk away. I don't need you. I don't need this. Maybe it's a double lifestyle. You got, you got your Sunday rhythm on point. You, you know, you've been in here enough. You know how to talk the talk. Blessed and highly favored, brother. You know, we don't, we don't talk like that at Awaken. We'd be more like, how you doing? Oh, just crushing it, man. Crushing goals. Grind them on the ground. I'm setting goals, hitting goals. I, you know, you're a pathfinder. I'm posting lines at five in the morning. I'm, like, I'm going for it. You can talk the talk, but it's not the same person on Monday through Friday. And look, like we, we're, we're fresh, real, and powerful. You'll see our service leaders work out their marriage issues right up here on stage. I've watched it now for two, two services. We're, we're not faking. We'll take you as you are, but just let us know how, where you're at where you're at. Come on, stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. The last point, just so you know what it was, is um, we leave no man behind. We're a brother's keeper. We're a church that we'll, we'll go after the one. You get wounded, you get hurt, and you don't show up. And let's make sure that we, we, we stick to that on our words. We talk about this at Emerge, the guys. We make sure that we, we're paying attention and we're there for our people because we're gonna love you on your best day and your worst day because that's what Jesus does. So I wanna release over us just declaring, random song change real quick, <laughs> just declaring that you're gonna step into, that this is, this is the send-off that you are beginning to step into got the whole band perfect. You're going to begin to step into being a capture of what God has for you. And you're also going to begin to be willing to say, I'm going to kill the things that are sabotaging me. I'm going to kill the generational stuff that's coming down my family line. And I believe that if you'll just step into this, if you'll say, I, I am ready, God, you're going to see the power of God begin to shift things. Things that maybe have been three, four generations of your family, they're going to end with you. Maybe you've had anxiety or depression your entire life and you've been diagnosed by every person and you've been on every antidepressant. I'm telling you, that's gonna break off you tonight. It's gonna break off you today. 
we're gonna step into a send-off, a new venture. Because going back to that first verse, the old man has died. So I'm not saying that that wasn't true, but Jesus is creating a new thing. And that new thing is birthed from heaven. And depression's not in heaven. And anxiety's not in heaven. Mental disorder's not in heaven. This is something coming from heaven. And as God begins to process and break and set you free, you're gonna step into what God has for you. You're gonna see a difference this week. So raise your hands to heaven. First thing, God, I declare that the power to capture, the power to step out and grab what you have for people in this church, in your pit, in your children, God, that you release that now, that they step into an understanding that there is a new creation and that you are the author and finisher of their faith. You are the one that's gonna help them set there. Whatever they need to grab, Lord, whether it's a new identity today, Lord, whether it's a new uh, core value system, whether it's a, an assurity that they know who they are in Christ. Today, we unlock that and we release that over our church. We release that over our men going to emerge. We release that over our beautiful, cherished ladies. We release that over the youth, the, the not-so-youth, and everyone in between, Lord. We thank you that you are unlocking and blessing. And if you believe it, say amen, church. Okay. I'm doing this because I felt God say this is, this is a prophetic thing. We're going to step in be here next Sunday. I'm telling you, we are going to step into a new level corporately. But the only way that that happens corporately is God's going to release something individually. So the next thing we're going to pray is a holy indignation to begin to say, I am going to kill these things that are sabotaging me. I'm going to take fear out in the backyard. And I'm going to take anxiety out in the backyard. and I'm going to take these things that have been a curse. I'm going to take lust out in the backyard. And, and if I have to go again, I'll do it again. But it's going to get shot daily until I don't got, until I'm not running out of bullets. So I'm going to keep shooting. Jesus has the ammunition. So come on, if you want, if you want to step into a new level of, of righteous indignation, to step into purity and to holy, let's just raise your hands to heaven. God, today, I release in your Holy Spirit power, Lord. I don't care how many times we fail, how many times you are able and you are willing and you intend us to step into everything you have for us. So right now I declare that boldness and courage comes upon your children. Boldness and courage to be real, to be transparent, to do whatever it takes. But it dies with us. We're not kicking it down the can. We're not kicking it to somebody else. We're not going to be victims anymore. We says it doesn't matter who but today it ends with us. And so God, we are going to take that thing out and we're going to crucify it with you. And we're going to allow you to take it to the cross. And you're going to replace with your truth. And God, we accept that right now in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.